Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. We are live. This is 11 personnel. I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. Your favorite Kentucky football podcasters are presented by your favorite bank, the Monticello Bank, where they've been putting people first, where people matter, while they've been in business for 128,000 years. I, I was exaggerating there. It was 128 years, right? Yeah, 128. There might be more now. I'm I'm bad at my math, like it, uh, just a little bit off. But there are 21 locations across the state, conveniently located wherever, and they'll go wherever you go with the Go NBC mobile app, or visit them at NBCBank.com. Monticello Bank. They are going to give you the most competitive rates. Around it's loans, deposit rates, whatever it may be, they've got the options for you at Monticello Bank. Visit them at NBCBank.com. Monticello Bank, where people matter. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Look, it's the off season, so um, I got to do my hobbies outside of it, which is watch sixty minutes and interest rates probably going down soon. So <laughs> that's yeah. good because uh, I've got a house I can refinance that. Uh, we were hoping they would go down when we were in the process of building this house. Never did. Mm. So that's yeah. good news for me. Uh, and, the, and this versions of today, Nick and Adam are 58 years old. Yes, yes. Talking 60 minutes. Um, <laughs> Miss Jeopardy tonight, though. Did take some Tums before the show started because the, the oh, burger you're that the, I had. You're checking all the boxes. I did go to your favorite uh, local establishment today, too. So I just... I, you know, I'd been doing good on my diet and exercising, but we kind of, you know, 
you, you cheat every once in a while. Um, so we had to extra tums it. Um, and I, you know, I'm kind of, I wish it was a bit of a stress reliever. Cause there's part of me that's just, I, there's just a lot of nervous energy right now. Look at, because I felt like we spent a month just waiting for Cohen to dump us. And now we're, we're looking for the next girl and you, you've got matches on all these dating apps, but nobody's replying back on them. And you're just like, but I, you matched, so you had to at least be interested. Are you not going to reach out and say, hey, how's it going? And that's that's where we're at right now. They're, they're plotting. There's somebody out there. There's an eligible bachelorette out there. And some something magical is going to happen. But we're just in this weird limbo. And, uh, yeah, it sucks. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah, I think every time we go through one of these, Nick, it's a good reminder for how this works. Typically, we follow this stuff from afar, but Kentucky hasn't had a head coaching search in a decade and a half now. Usually these things are really quiet for the first week. As long as games aren't being played. Like if this is a firing midseason, it's obviously different. But usually these are real quiet for a week, and then you start to hear some names pop up. It's been about a week. Haven't heard um, any names or any confirmation. There's been two names that have been kind of mentioned, um, but they're they not really reported either. Yeah, yeah, they haven't. Yeah. yeah, it was just kind of speculate. One was speculation, the other one was some internet sleuthing. Uh, right. So, so that's just we're in a holding pattern, right? That waiting is the hardest part here, and we're just gonna have to be patient. I know that's not something any of us want to do, uh, but I do find it unique in that like this is really like the slowest probably part of the calendar they've had since right after july 4th when they take their vacations or whatever like they have like a couple weeks here where they don't really have to do anything right they just had the big junior day signing day just wrapped up um i believe another recruiting dead period just started so they're kind of like this is when they can kind of catch their breath a little bit um and so maybe mark soups is using that as a way to take his time with this hire because what like what's the difference if the guy was hired tomorrow or next saturday there's really no difference um they're already going to bump spring practice back as far as they can um with this change it's mm-hmm. so, well, i mean what is that going to give players six de- six days to learn the playbook sooner i mean you know uh so i think they're already so late in the process that you just have to take your time and make the right hire but it it is frustrating when you don't, you know, there there's no names out there. We don't we have no idea where we have an idea yep. of the direction they're looking, but we don't have any confirmed names or style or anything like that. And so we're just playing the waiting game. We're in a holding pattern. Waiting is the hardest part. Yeah, and the the only we're probably more impatient than normal too because. The last hire, we knew it was Liam Cohen. I mean, I think even before Rich was fired, but we, you couldn't say it, right? Like it was, it was a weird, it was a whole weird ordeal. Um, yeah. Cohen actually signed his contract 13 days before it became official, um, which was, which was kind of amusing. Uh, and then in Rich, Rich's case, Cohen left so late in spring practice was already on the docket. They, I mean, it was 
within a week we had heard like three or four names. Uh, Dal Loggins, uh, Calabrese, and and before we got to Rich, I don't I don't even know if there was another one in that one, but that that happened very fast because out of necessity. Yeah, Chris uh, Chris Beatty, Troy Walters were other two names in there yeah. at that time. But that one we knew it was NFL. Like we're going to people that That's have worked true. with McVeigh or Shanahan. That's where we're looking. Mm-hmm. Um, this time. At least I think it's going to be like Power Five college experience. I think is a must here um, for what they're looking for. I, I don't think they want to do the NFL thing again, but I don't know that. That's just speculation on my part, and so we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, it's it's five, six days, six, seven, almost seven days in now, and we don't know a name. I thought, but I thought by Friday we would know we would have an idea of at least who the leading candidate was. Uh, as of right now, that doesn't seem like the case, but maybe that'll happen tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll have to wait well, and see. And, and I, I know we have a lot of impatient people, too, on the uh, KS board. Where I don't – and on here, when we talked about it last week, and I feel partially responsible for maybe setting the timetable a little bit ahead, and I didn't intend to get uh, expectations up. Um, so if, if I did my apologies, I think if you look at it from the other side of the coin, um, you could say like really at the end of the day, how fast or how slow he hires somebody is irrelevant right now. I mean, they just got to be good. Um, no one's going to remember that on week two. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's not be like, so I, you know, why couldn't they get that third and seven? Well, they didn't get the damn coordinator in here for spring practice. I mean, that's not – no one wants to hear right. that excuse, and no one's going to give that excuse. Right. And the, the other part of it, too, for me is I – I think I'm just more frustrated just because of the – like, this is on the tail end of a lot of other stuff that was nobody's talking and everybody's making this difficult on everybody. So that might be more of my frustration – uh, I also saw where, where you know, a uh, friend of the program, Justin Rowland, put out, uh, every time I've inquired about the search, the response has been stupid. It's been taking his time to get it right. And, uh, you know, that's fun to say, and I'm not trying to discredit anything Justin's saying. Whoever's telling him that, like, just full of two different kinds of you-know-what. Like, just, no. Like, if you want to, like, lie to us and give us any sort of bull crap, just it's it's a, it's an exhaustive search and they're leaving every stone unturned but i just that's even a load of bull crap too so really they're in a spot where it's a no-win situation for me you either leak names and it's a good name and we like it or you leak a name and we all get mad and then they got to start it over so i, I there there is a lot of just angst right now um and i think the biggest reason why is because the last time we got left this late in the process we got left with a big fat turd yeah you know there was it was dog poop that was on the porch that was on fire so like i'm not you know that that that's where i think some of this anxiousness is and the fact that you just expected stoops to be ahead of schedule because cohen started flirting with the bears a month ago yeah we also don't know what kind of private conversations they had. Uh, Snoops could have been under the impression the Bears was that was going to be his only push, and then he was focused, and then he could have got hit with a, a unexpected uppercut when he when the when that Bucks development came. Uh, but to the frustration and the lack of patience, 
Nick, I just think it's been an exhausting and frustrating last two years, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ever since Cohen left that first time, it's been, you know, we don't have to relive 2022. And then 2023, they kind of had a good offseason and looked like the Rose expectations again. You get this new quarterback, you're feeling good about your team in a lot of areas. <laughs> you know, the preseason talk around this team was as it seemed like as optimistic or as excited um, as a lot of people around the program were about a team, and then it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And so you're sitting here with we've gone out, we've thrown the numbers out with two consecutive three and five SEC campaigns, two consecutive uh, bowl game losses, one in kind of a you know was just a joke of a game, the Iowa, how that kind of mm-hmm. played out, and then you you grab defeat from the jaws of victory against Clemson. And so I just think it's a frustrating time, I think, for supporters of this program. And then, like, you just had to go through the Cohen thing again. I mean, that was – I think for everyone, that was frustrating. I think for people in the building, that was frustrating. And I think for fans living with it, that was pretty frustrating. Um, Because you were basically – you had to wait until he left, like, for to do anything. And so that's just where we are, and – I think it's been a frustrating couple of years, and I think that has to do with a lot of the impatience. Yeah. And so we just in, in when you do when that happens, eventually a name's going to come out. But if so, I don't know. I don't say it's like people getting their hopes up, but it opens up for more <laughs> criticism. I would say when people wait like this yeah. long and they feel like they're waiting this long for a. This this is the name we were waiting on to hear, um, but but you know I've talked about this. I don't think there's a home run. They just need to hit a double, like they just need to hit a good solid double and get raise the floor on offense uh, to where they're not where they're not having the big dips like we saw in 2015 and 2022. Just keep it going kind of like it is. But definitely a a frustrating time, and you really and you really just don't know we can speculate, but we don't know for sure like what direction they're going in on offense. And that's something we're going to have to wait and see with this hire and then see what Stoop says that, um, after the hire's made. Well, let's start by taking the few breadcrumbs that we have received and eating them up. The first one <laughs> of which was uh, from Bruce Feldman, who is, along with Pete Thamel, the two most prevalent coaching carousel reporters. I would say Bruce is number one in that regard. He's plugged in with all the agents and coaches the whole nine yards. Um, and shortly after Cohen left, yeah, but before he started talking about how easy it was to leave Lexington and how happy he is to be in Tampa and just how quick he was to get out the door. Um, Feldman was saying, you know, a uh, name I'd keep an eye on Buster Faulkner, uh, Georgia tech. OC was good last year. He uh, worked for Brock Vandegrift's quality control assistant. And that led us to kind of go down that wormhole. And I think the early returns on response, at least like it from what I got, pretty okay. I, I, I can be down for this guy. I think most people are pretty sold on him. There's some that are like, eh, I'd like a little bit more. But for the most part, it's I haven't heard too many people be out on Buster Faulkner. 
Yeah, I think at first I think people were like, "But like who Buster? Who's Buster?" But then I think as people started to un- find out who he is, where he came from, I think there's a sell. And I think really all that is Nick is he was at Georgia for three years and he worked with Brock Vandergriff. And then he went to Georgia Tech, and they had their best offense since they quit the option. And so there's, I think, some things to like about him. Uh, I think you look at Faulkner. He was an assistant coach who got an offensive coordinator job early, um, but kind of got stuck in the G5. Like he was at Middle Tennessee, Arkansas State, Southern Miss for a long time. Um, For about nine years, he was a play caller there. So he goes to Georgia to kind of like reset his career and get some Power 5 experience. So he does that for three years. It's kind of Todd Munkin's number two. Um, was When Munkin was in the booth, he was like essentially the quarterback's coach on the sideline. Um, so he worked right with Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, won two national titles. And so there's obviously a, a connection between those two staffs. I don't think it's any big secret that Mark Stoops and Kirby Smart seem to get along and like each other. And there's Georgia players on Kentucky staff now. And so I, I think there's that connection there. And then what he did at Georgia Tech is obviously enticing with a quarterback, Haynes King, that is, from a skill set standpoint, similar to Brock Vandegrift. So I think there um, is some stuff to like there with him. And I, I think a lot of that, though, Nick, is he's got the he's got that Georgia G. Kirby Smart stamp of approval on his resume. That part is significant. Um, it's also one of those things you – you're led to believe, okay, they can – Kentucky can go hire another Power 5 OC, even if it is late in the process, because they have the resources. Well, well here's and, what you have to remember. It's the Big Two now. It's the Big mm-hmm. Two. If you're not in the SEC or Big Ten, you have to wonder how, how long do you, can you stay here before it just becomes too big of a gap, right? And you're, mm-hmm. I think everyone's goal is to get in these two conferences now. So for Faulkner, after just one year, it's a chance to do what I think he set out to do when he joined that Georgia staff, was to become a Power 5 coordinator and then give himself to be a chance to be a head coach. He's still fairly young, 42 years old. And so this that's an opportunity to go do that now, but does he want to do it after one year? And Georgia Tech's a private school, I believe. So we don't – I don't think the buyout number is public, but he was making 700 thousand dollars seven hundred seven hundred fifty thousand dollars last year obviously kentucky can more than pay that they were just paying liam cohen 1.8 and so um rich gangarello even was making made 900 his first year so they can probably meet in the middle there um, bump him up to one and get him to lexington but does he want to leave that's the big question um and so yeah, we don't and- we don't really know and wait, is he even a candidate again we're just um, right Speculation uh, here, but it makes he makes a lot of sense on paper, Nick, with just the connection with Vandegrift, connection with Georgia, all that. My my favorite part in all of this is that yes, there's very little to chew on here, but we've gone far enough down the wormhole to know that his family never moved from Athens. Does he want to leave Atlanta? Does he want to actually move his family? That's that's the part in this leverage process that we're at, which I right, yeah, yeah, I I, I love, I just absolutely love it. Um, we're also the part where we're watching who people are following on the internet, and one of them is Bush Hamden. Is it Hamden? Hamden? Are we a Hamhawk or are we a? Ha- I think it's Hamden, but I'm not 100 percent positive. Well, he was a quarterback 
for Chris Peterson at Boise State. Yes. Pretty good quarterback. Um, ended up being offensive coordinator. Was was he the offensive coordinator for Peterson at Washington? For two or years, 2018-2019. And then Jimmy Lake takes over and he hangs around? Is that correct? He Jimmy Lake takes over and Jimmy Lake fires him and replaces him with John Donovan, which everyone knows what happened with Jimmy Lake Sr. Washington. Yeah, um, it was a disaster. Um, but in between all of that time, he he had spent some time at Missouri, which I'll let you detail in a minute. And he's most recently, he's been back at his alma mater, uh, was a candidate. I, I get all these offensive coordinator searches confused like it, but we mentioned him previously. You've Liam already Cohen done first the hire. Before. Yeah, Liam okay. Cohen first hire was when he his name – uh, was out there along with Brian Brom's name was out there at that time, Nick, and then uh, then Joe Moorhead, Cohen, um, ended up being I think the top two candidates at the end of that search. But that that's those mm-hmm. were the names um, then during that search. Uh, but Boise State they fired Andy Avalos in the middle of the year, and he did all the offense. The defensive coordinator was named interim, and then I don't think they lost again. <laughs> I think they won out. Might have had one more loss, but. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they won the Mountain West. They did. They won the Mountain West title. Yeah. Then they lost to UCLA in the LA Bowl, presented by Rob Gronkowski. Uh, but their quarterback didn't play. He entered the portal. He's now at Arkansas. He's uh, tailing green. He's going to be Bobby Petrino's quarterback this year. And so, um, just with him, Nick, like he was really young when he got that Washington gig. He was like 34 when he became the offensive coordinator. They're 33, 34. Um, all three of his offenses have finished in the top 40 in success rate and points per drive. He's produced a thousand yard rusher each season as a play caller. Jake Browning and Jacob Eason each threw for 3,000 yards. Hunter Bryant, tight end, who, who plays for the Cleveland Brown now, was the top target for Eason in 2019 with 52 receptions, 825 yards, three touchdowns. Um, he also ran the quarterback this last year. Green had nearly 500 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. So for the UK fan checklist here, Nick. Um, the offense, his offenses are efficient. They they score at a decent clip. They run the football. Uh, the quarterbacks have thrown for three hundred thousand or three thousand yards, and they and he is featured a tight end. So just if if you did not have his name, I think people would be excited about that. Now I think you dig in, you do see Jimmy Lake fired him. The offenses took a step back at Washington after Jonathan Smith left to go be the head coach at Oregon State. Now he's at Michigan State, obviously. So. That was a pretty good coach they had in Seattle, um, so I, I think that is that's a concern. But even at Missouri, he was kind of he lands there. He was Eli Drinkowitz is number two. Had some pretty good recruiting success at Missouri, and Drinkowitz gave up plays in 2022 after the the Kentucky game um, when Kentucky went there and beat them, and Missouri had their best three offensive games of the season when. Hamden was reportedly calling the plays. Averaged nearly 33 points per game. Brady Cook played his best football of the season. And so there is some result, good results with him holding the call sheet. Um, but there, but I, people have decided, at least on our board, that they don't like him for whatever reason. Um, I would have him and Faulkner in the same tier um, as a play caller. There's obviously the connection to Vandergriff. Um, that I think if Faulkner were to take the job, I would think that would be a good sign. Um, if he's willing to leave a quarterback that he just had for one year in Haynes King and play and go with 
Brock Vandergriff, I think that would be a good sign for Faulkner. Um, well, but with Hamden, I think there's some there's some good stuff there on his resume. I think he's done a good job um, to this point in his career, and there's four years of SEC experience because he was a Florida receivers coach in 2012. Well, like, let me tell you why the people aren't as warm as him on the board. Um, because he's a West Coast guy that's only trip to the other side of the country was to a program that we look down upon and think that we're better than. So it's not like he spent time at Georgia, the national national champion Georgia. He was at Missouri with Drinkwitz. Yeah, gross. yeah. Ain't I hear you say Bush touchdown <laughs> Buster is way cooler than touchdown Bush. Yeah, um, but I do think that they're very like you are correct that on. I, I think it's a lot of superficial reasons and just the fact that we would feel much better if there was a guy who was willing to leave his first big power five gig to coach Brock because he thought Brock was that good. Like there, it's almost like the Will Levis reinforcement thing where, you know, it's like, Oh, well they feel really good about each other. You, you, you just get more confidence. Um, I think that's where a lot of it stems from. Yeah. I think both of these guys, like to me, Nick, I think we even heard Cohen talk about this, like this off season, we got to figure out a way to modernize the offense, blend in spread concepts to play faster, not get huddles. Um, Hampton and Faulkner will both get their quarterback under center and some short yardage stuff, but they're mainly out of the gun, out of the pistol, run to play action stuff out of the pistol, and they're using more spread formations. Kentucky lived in condensed formations with Cohen. They're getting more out and stretching it more, and they can sprinkle in some tempo because they are in a no-huddle operation. They're not huddling up typically. And so I think from that aspect, there's a lot to like in them running the quarterback. Like, to me, that's really important. Um they got to start running the quarterback here. Uh, you just, you got, I'm not saying <laughs> he needs to run it 200 times, but um, Jaden Daniels just won the Heisman basically because of his two-way ability, both as a runner and a passer, and he's probably going to be a top-ten pick in the draft. You just look at it. That's how quarterbacks are playing now. Like you got to be able to run them a little bit. And so I think that's impo- important, like, Guys that have, have proven they're willing to run the quarterback, it's something I like to see, uh, especially, I think, with Vandergriff's skill set. I think he can move around and run a little bit, and you got to take advantage of it. You have to make defenses respect uh, the zone read. Uh, you have to sprinkle in a draw every now and then. Uh, and so that's something both of those guys have done, um, and I would be intrigued either with either one of them if they were the hire, but we'll have to see how that plays out. Yeah, we all could be just and and another thing with Hamden, right now. he's been a he's been a legitimate Power Five assistant. Uh, Buster Faulkner was just a he was a GA at Georgia and he was a quality control, so he wasn't. You know, you're still doing some recruiting stuff, but it's not the same. Where Hamden has been in this conference recruited, uh, and he helped build the team that was everybody that's every this uh, everybody's like. You know how much you know Missouri is going to be the the flavor of the month oh, this offseason. It's going like, to be disgusting. How they're doing the NIL stuff? How they stuck with Drinkowitz? How they did this and that, this and that? They are the Just they are kind of the apple of a lot of people's eyes, and he helped build that. It's just disgusting. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, I am looking forward to your your pal Nick still going to be at SEC Media Days. You, you excited about that? You're going to talk personnel with him again? 
Maybe we, uh, Andy Staples can lend us his booth. Uh, we can try to wrangle him in. I'm sure it'll be easy. Like, he won't have anybody around him when he's walking. <laughs> He'll just be walking, you know. You know how Derek Mason was just walking around, talking to people, eating a granola <laughs> bar? I'm sure that'll be Nick Saban in Dallas this year. No one's going to be around him, you know. We can just go up and talk to him. I just can't imagine Nick Saban like going around and shilling Sunbelt granola bars or something. <laughs> You know, whatever. Eating bananas, just hanging beans. out. Yeah. Where's his uh, damn little Debbie's at? Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he's going to be off. In, you know where he's going to He's going to be in the corner with all the ESPN folks. Uh, yeah. You don't see any of the TV people. You're just like, oh, there's Dar- uh, there's uh, there's Dari. I haven't seen him all day, but he just shows up. Just to see, see him at night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is a story for another uh, day. Yeah, for another day. Uh, but, yeah, Nick Saban. Staying on ESPN, like we kind of all expected. Uh, Jordan College game day. Going to do a few other events. Going to do the draft. Um, which talked to Drew Phillips today, too. That that, that interview, I, I just transcribed a good old-fashioned Q&A style. Um, delightful interview with Drew Phillips. She had a pretty solid week at the Senior Bowl. Um, I, w- one thing, too, like it, that it was just kind of nice to – break almost like the fourth wall it wasn't necessarily breaking the fourth wall but it's just like i mean we're doing all this work for a 40 yard run that lasts less than five seconds like what it's 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 insane what they do to just run in their underwear for less than five seconds it's crazy absolutely crazy but let's get refocused with our friends from refocus fitness you've heard us talking about refocus fitness for a while now they're Convenient gym. That's the name of their game. Convenience. Convenience with a plan. Because a lot of folks, when they try to get in shape, they just like I, I don't know about you, Lucky, but I just always go back to the old faithful exercises that I did at the DeSales High School football locker room. Half of them we had to do outside because the weight room wasn't big enough. Um, but you know what? They have personal trainers there with that initial eval. It's free. They'll get you on the right path to set your specific goals. Flexibility, right? Range of motion being able to grab your arms behind your back, the whole nine yards, they will make sure you're on the right path and you can train individually with people. You can be in small groups or you can just do your own thing. Uh, Whatever it may be, refocus fitness will help you get refocused. Uh, This, I guess it's still technically new year. It's, it's, it's not football season. So it's a great time to be in the weight room. And that's the other thing that's nice about refocus fitness, 24 seven access conveniently located right off Nicholasville road. Visit them at refocusfitness.com. Meet with them today. No hassle, no stress with Refocus Fitness. Lucky, we did have National Signing Day. Uh, I I miss I miss the old NSD. And I think what I miss most about it is having the month of January to give those guys shine. Because we do it like it's just it's all it's all at once so like january was a big time to interview all of these players and you know we would do the whole drew barker interview with tim couch right like they would do all that sort of there was just a lot more to it um and then the day it felt like this big momentous day where now you're shoehorning in with a transfer portal and it does suck that it's not the same um because it there's still this muscle like in my armpit that twitches, it's like, hey, you need to be you need to be doing something right. Like they're you're you're supposed to be watching faxes roll in right now, Roush. What the hell? Yeah, and I think 
we would really pump out and go all in to building our coverage of that day and really make it a big party. You can't really do that anymore because it's right in the middle of the season, essentially. You have a 10 days to get ready for it. And so it stinks. They've, they've <laughs> taken the draft and they've put it right smack dab with – they've joined it with free agency and then we get to have a supplemental draft in February uh, is essentially what it feels like. And I wrote about this week. Um, it's not re- like it's not really a thing anymore, and that stinks. This was kind of I think this was college football. I think it was one of the five biggest days of the year for college football, Nick. I think you put Labor Day Saturday. I think you put Thanksgiving Saturday um, or Black Friday. You could kind of combine those two, uh, and then New Year's Day, and then this day. I think it was one of the four biggest days, and two of those really don't even matter anymore. New Year's Day and this yeah. one, and so it's kind of you, you pulling out some of, uh, some of the strong, some fabric of the sport, and that that stinks. But uh, I'm not sure how you even fix it at this point. Just right. toothpaste out of the tube. But I'm here's hoping that they can fix it somehow way down the road. But it does. It is disappointing um, that that this is the way it is and. They, I'll give them credit. They tried to change it for the good. It just didn't work out like that. There's unintended consequences. Coaches decided that we're going to make this our number one signing day. And now I'm wondering if they there's some buyer remorse over there. If they're like, man, if we could have just kept February significant, we wouldn't have to do all really this. bust our ass here <laughs> during bowl prep. But I think they saw it they- as a way – to get get everything done and get a head start on their next year's recruiting, and so they were kind of just trying to get you know a step ahead, and it's caused a bunch of I would say issues. It's just uh, all their work's now jammed into a little three week window there in December, and so the sport. I wish we we need to find some calendar balance because there is a lot of good stuff going on that we could really stretch out, but we. We don't stretch it out. We jam literally everything in there. Um, carousel, coaching carousel, transfer portal, December signing day. <laughs> Nick, it all happens yeah. in like a two-and-a-half-week period after the season ends. It's just insane. But that's where we're at right now in college football. You mentioned the toothpaste out of the tube bucket. I was getting some toothpaste out the other day. They've changed toothpaste tubes. Have you noticed that? Like this, they're like square now. Well, I don't, so I still have the tube, but it's made from a different material. So, like it, it's it's like once you squeeze it out, air fills it in, and it almost like it. I mean, it doesn't completely deflate every single time, so you know exactly how much toothpaste is in this little thing. There's like some air in there, so when you get to the end and you got to do the little rolling trick to get all the toothpaste out. It, it's it's more of a challenge. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I feel like the the tube the tubing that they're using now is worse. So toothpaste tubes, figure yourselves out. It's not not correct tubage. Sounds like you need to get on the phone with Colgate. Well, they left across the river. They used to have a great clock tower you, over there. When you turn on Jeopardy tomorrow, you pull out uh, your your land your landline and you dial yep. up Colgate and you give them a piece of your mind. Yes, I had your Colgate toothpaste, and it made me feel like 
<laughs> oh, classic, classic old internet video callback there. Um, I digress. There were um, there were a couple of NSD additions. We had some preferred walk-ons. Uh, Quintavian Norman was the addition. Quinn Norman, who you probably haven't heard of because nobody had really heard of him. He was going to JUCO, and I the 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 rub I got on him, like it you rarely get, but it. it because there's a lot of times we're like, yeah, this guy's only played a year of football. Well, this guy had only played a year of football because of his academics. So it sounds like he was just so far behind in so many aspects. And somebody found this kid. They got him on the right path. Um, he was going to go to JUCO. And... I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpit stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it where my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness from my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. Keep, keep taking his medicine and try to work his way in. His older cousin, or is it, no, his older brother, is uh, Tay Gowan, who's a cornerback for the Titans. Somebody kind of said, hey, you can go be at that level if you get your stuff together. Um, and he seemingly got his stuff together. Kentucky saw him, and they're, they're taking a swing on a big, big, rangy athlete with a lot of raw tools. Yeah, on three, scouting service still has ranked him, but he's going to end up as like a consensus mid-three prospect or three stars so um, he's going to be right in the middle of Kentucky's class ish and you turn on the tape I think there's some things to like about him he can move he strikes gets off blocks uh, physical at the point of attack and I think with all with these Kentucky linebackers now I'm talking like guys who are probably going to play off ball linebackers so not um, Jacob Smith or Caleb Red here but all of these guys, if you turn on their high school tape, there's not a lot of them playing in the box. A lot of them are, like, out on the edge. Um, I think a lot of that is probably high school. Let's get our best player and just let him play yeah. off the edge. Most explosive uh, guy, right. Yeah, but I think all of these guys can really run and hit and go. But they're, there's definitely going to – they need some development here. I don't, no, None of them are, I would say, a slam dunk to come in and play early. Um, there's going to need some development here, but I think they're taking a lot of swings here, Nick. Um, and these is four guys that I think they're going to be in Mike Stoops' room. And Steven Souls, Quintavian Norman, Devin Smith, and Antoine Smith. And three of those are from Georgia. And then mm-hmm. Souls is from East Tennessee. And so I think they're just – they're taking a bunch of swings here, but all, all of those guys bring some athletic traits to the table that are enticing. Now they just need to be developed. So, mm-hmm. like, in a couple of years, a couple of those guys will probably be out of the program because that's just a lot in one class to hold on to. Um, but if they can land one or two to be multi-year starters or potential impact player, I think that's uh, would be a nice payoff. But I think that's the goal here. They're just ta- they're, they've got room and they need linebackers in that room, so they're taking swings. And they're going to have a lot of turnover after this year. Pop Dumas Johnson, Derek Jackson, Dave and Rain are all out most likely, after this year, and you really don't have anyone else. So what does that mean? They're going to go to the portal to address the position, uh, but they don't want to. They probably don't want to spend more than one scholarship. They would like to just plug someone in and then team that with a transfer 
and so they're going to see what they can do with some of these young guys. Uh, but if they they miss, they can just go get multiple transfers. So I think that's just kind of where they're at. They're taking some yeah. swings here at linebacker. Um, but from an athletic standpoint, all, all those guys bring something to the table. Yeah, and the one thing I like about – because there was another kid, Javian Campbell, who is going to be a senior at Western Hills next year. He's another guy who – great-looking athlete but hasn't played a lot of football. And I just love watching the tape of these guys who – you can kind of see the flashes, but you also see where they've only played football for a year. And Norman it was in this case where – it felt like he was really good about taking the right angles and getting his head on the right side of blocks, um, shedding blocks, uh, over you know not 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 over pursuing, but just making sure he's in the right spot to make the play. But then just not being good at tackling, like just doing the sling where you kind of grab him by the hip and sling him around. Uh, they they called it the the Roush sling back in the day because I would just grab jerseys and like just pull them. Because uh, I couldn't, you know, it was just I all I could tep- do. Really, technical term for that I think is wrap and drag tackler. Yeah, yeah, just just wrap, wrapping and slinging them around instead of hitting them with your shoulder and driving in, and that that's part of just um, just learning and playing the game, and that's also a good reminder uh, to all of uh, the parents out there who want to put their kids in tackle football when they're four. Um, you either got it or you don't. In a lot of these cases, like you got the genetics or you don't starting to play football early. Like it's can only help you so much, right? There's only so many ladders you can run through. If you ain't that fast or that big or that strong, it don't matter. Um, so let them play them all. Let them have some fun. Um, I know uh, I like having fun slinging the, slinging the rock around occasionally. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, back on Norman, I think uh, hot motor was the phrase I'd use to describe him. Ooh, hot motor. Need he to j- check the carburetor. He goes. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to tell on a highlight tape, but he's given max effort on a lot of these plays and chasing the ball down away from where he's at. So a good pursuit defender, if anything. Uh, and so that I think that helps raise his floor. Um, again, I think – Playing linebacker at the next level, it's a lot of its instincts. Like you can either work your way through the box, or you can't. You can either uh, play recognition quick, or you can't. Like, mm-hmm. and so there's definitely teaching. There's always a teaching you can do with that, but you're going to learn pretty early with the linebackers if they have it yeah. or not. Uh, speaking of instincts, really like the player Kentucky added in 2025, and I'm just going to call him the first commitment because, like it, I don't think anybody's optimistic that stone saunders is going to stick with uk i always appreciate him waiting it out until they hire somebody but that was clearly a cohen commitment uh quentin uh, simmons from withrow is a vince merrill recruit vince merrill walking up a top 300 player without a plate collar was that that's impressive but um it's one of these things too like it were they've they've fished in similar territories with guys like this from kentucky from ohio this kid's a ball player. Like he's a legit ball player, and I, I, I'm, I'm wondering what his, what he's been clocked at, and I, I don't know if he camped at UK or not last fall, and I bet he's hoping he doesn't do camps or doesn't run anywhere. Because yeah. <laughs> when you watch him, he's a burner. 
man, he's a burn. And the, the thing that I like most about him too is he's not just burning through the outsides, man. He is he's not afraid to go through traffic. I think this kid is I this was a great, great get for one of your first commitments in the 2025 recruiting cycle. Yeah, he's a generator with the football in his hands. They were looking for ways, hunting for ways to get him the ball at Cincinnati with or whether at running back, um, obviously in the quick game as a receiver, but even on kick return, punt return. Like, he's going to factor in, I think, at Kentucky uh, as a return specialist pretty early uh, in his career when he signs here. Um, but, I, you know, you mentioned the burner part, Nick, but I also thought he had some change of direction. Um, yeah. Like he could, he's got some wiggle in the open field, and then his acceleration. I mean, he can he can get zero to sixty pretty quick, and so I think there's a lot to to like about about him from that aspect. And he's not a smaller receiver. Like he's probably he's legit six foot six one. He's going to get to about one ninety pounds, um, one hundred ninety pounds. So there's I think there's a lot to like about him. He looks the part on tape. Yeah of a SEC receiver. I think he's got wide receiver one potential. Uh, but I also think the floor is pretty high for him, mainly just because I think he's going to be able to be a good returner here. And so you're going to be able to potentially play him, like, right away. Like, he could have a role as a true freshman as a returner. Um, yeah. And so I, there's a lot to like about him. That is a very good recruiting win, I think, for Kentucky in Cincinnati. And he's following a guy that also thinks a really good football player out of Cincinnati Withrow and Teron Nichols who's a guy could, is a sneaky player to watch, I think, this spring and more so in fall camp because I think he could potentially s- steal some snaps there um, in well, the secondary in year one. And that's the other thing that I, I really like about him is just the fact that he was playing. I mean, Nichols was their other return guy, you know, and Simmons was still making plays. The other receiver he's lined up next to, Chris Henry Jr., is the best receiver in the class below him. So he was on a talented team. Yeah, he was still, yeah. like you said, they were feeding him. Um, and some of those burners can be a little you, – you almost wonder if they're fast because they're afraid to get hit, and I don't get that sense from him. Like, there's some there's some patience with his running style too. And then you see him turn it on, and then he gets to high strep and, and long striding down the field. So, I'm a big fan of this kid. Uh, it makes me wish we would have gotten up to Withrow last year to see just all three of those guys on the same team. It's just – it's tough during – with high school and college and everything going on at the same time. But um, if you are in the Northern Kentucky area, that's a very cool historic high school. Like it's uh, the road just kind of goes past downtown along the Cincinnati riverbank. I found out that my grandfather actually went to high school there for a year back in the twenties before, or maybe even the 1912s. I had a really old grandfather, Uh, but Went to high school there for a year before moving to Louisville and going to uh, Manual. Um, but, yeah, very old place, very cool uh, field. So uh, that was an aside. And before I forget, we just – we got to bring up Michael's teeth brushing story because uh, I was mentioning the toothpaste tube and he said he was brushing his teeth in dark one time and he grabbed the tube of preparation H instead of the toothpaste. It was fun. So here's the – Look at I don't. We're not gonna get too crude here, but the preparation H. There's an applicator on the tip, right? Like you would think that you would. I mean, I guess uh, it's a little pointy, and so is. The I mean, it depends how many cold beers you had that night, Nick. I mean, it just <laughs> you're just going through the motions in there. You can a, a little details like that could just sneak right past you. 
uh, it was like the old uh, Gilbert Gnarly. I'm I'm sounding like an old fart again, but uh, he who he taste tested the Kentucky Jelly and the flavor was a bit neutral. Uh, <laughs> um, if y'all never heard Gilbert Gnarly, I hope those calls are somewhere on there. Gary Burbank, Cincinnati disc jockey in the '90s. Ah, great stuff, great stuff, great comedy. Ho- hopefully, those are on YouTube that you can go look up. Go look it up after our show. This is the point where. I cough and I had to hit mute, so I apologize. This is also the point where I remind you that FanDuel right now, you can get $200 in bonus bets ahead of the Super Bowl. So you make a $5 wager on college basketball this weekend. You win that $5 wager. You get $200 in bonus bets. They expire in seven days, but you get 200 in bonus bets that you, you can use on the Super Duper Bowl. So go ahead, sign up today, fanduel.com slash personnel, or download the app and use promo code personnel. FanDuel, lock it up, get your wagers in. There's a lot at stake. And you can use those bonus bets to win big on the Super Bowl. And then you got a little bankroll for upcoming March Madness. So must be 21 and over, President of Kentucky. Bonus issued is not much trouble. Bonus bets expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promo code personnel, fanduel.com. Like it, this is normally our NFL segment, and now it's our Preparation H segment. Um, but we aren't <laughs> going to do our Super Bowl preview now. We're actually going to roll that out on the KSR YouTube channel tomorrow. Full 20, 30 minutes, who knows how long we'll go. Just breaking down the Super Bowl, sharing some of our favorite bets on the big game. Um, look at I made a spreadsheet. Um, so oh, I'm proud you, of you. You'll be proud. You'll be, you'll be really proud. Is it a derby I, spread? Are you tracking uh, clock times at uh, Santa Anita or wherever the hell uh, some derby horses train? Yeah, yeah. They're at Santa Anita right now. Niso's kicked a lot of ass. If you want a derby update, they're trying to keep Baffert out again. Uh, but they shouldn't because his <laughs> horses are really good. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's some good stats. I'm 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 really trying to corner the market on the first touchdown wager. That's where I'm trying to to get some value. So we'll see, we'll see. But um, I, I'm 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 very excited about the Super Bowl. But also, there's a little part of me that's that's sad to know that that will be the last football game for a while. You, you know, UFL man. We're going to pick a UFL team, Nick, and I'm going to give weekly reports on our UFL team this off season. Okay. So I, I will do some I research next episode. We're I got to look when the season starts, but we're going to pick a UFL team and we're going to have Luckett's weekly reports here on Eleven Personnel. Do, does Birmingham still have a team? Let's. Well, I want the Birmingham team if they've got one. They do not. I, or I don't know what? if the Stallions are coming over or not. Uh, I mean, do we need? Do we want to do the Bob Stoops team? I I, I mentioned UFL, uh, the, the Birmingham team, just because I the Birmingham my, still my is in the there. Okay, they got a cool stadium. UAB Stadium's pretty kick ass. That's why I'm kind of I'm for the stat. And weren't they good? The Stallions, two time like USFL the, champs. That's right. But the Battlehawks have the best crowds of any of these teams in St. Oh. Louis. Oh, that's an easier drive, too. We can go get hammered. They've got cool jerseys. Game. They're blue and silver. 
they get after it. Battle Hawk. Yeah. Battle Hawk 2 is a great mascot because you're like, well, is it like, are, are we giving armor to a hawk and he's going to go fight a war for us? Which, if so, I'm in. Count, like, sign me up. And, I'm taking and Adrian Martinez is going to be Birmingham's quarterback. Nick, do you really want to ride the Adrian Martinez wagon? Look, you know that I have <laughs> a sick, sick affinity for betting Nebraska football. So, yes, I will, I, I will love to uh, lose my money responsibly on betting the USFL team. So, well, may, maybe I'll be the Stallions guy. You'll be the Battlehawks. Uh, because the, the Stallions, they're the USFL. They're the underdogs. I feel like the XFL is – they got the upper hand in, in this ordeal. I think only three – technically usfl teams survived but nevertheless spring football it's a great um oh that's on and then you just kind of let it sit there and you look at it in the corner of your eye every it's, once in a while. it's outstanding background television here at the luck house like games on just throw like on a sunday shift xfl usfl games on just throw it on here in the office and the, get to it see was the, great the wild the- two-point conversions the, being at the combine one year, it was snowing in Utah, and that that was that was great TV. Just having a snow football game on while yeah. you're eating shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's, <laughs> great time. Which I like. I got a little bit of Super Bowl envy this week, seeing all those NFL heads out there doing all the Radio Row. Which Radio Row is just a giant convention center now with all these setups. Yeah, it's a monstrosity out there. They uh, some of them go out there for like eight days. Could you imagine just going somewhere for a week to cover a football game, dude? Eight days in Vegas, not just this isn't like Indy where it's built for big conventions and stuff like that. It's Vegas. That yeah. would be that'd be hard for me. The discipline that would be needed uh, there <laughs> would be would be difficult. Uh, I mean, even just the eating the food, like there, were, I would eat a meal and just like be in a comatose for a day. Like there, you know, it just food would be. I can, yeah, that's a lot, but I can handle it. It would be uh, everything else that comes with Vegas, because um, you know, just randomly, you're going to be on a table at one thirty in the morning. And you're like, getting a what heater. the hell am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, Baker Mayfield walks up, and you're like, Baker, and you just yeah. start getting after it. That's where I think it would be fun to be the casual you know let's say you live in reno about an hour away or you know you you drive into town every once in a while this would be a fun just casual driving to vegas and seeing who you run into because i bet there are some some people uh, <laughs> gosh oh man michael in the preparation age talking in the chat he bought us a preparation age too thank you michael <laughs> thank you michael. thank you it's, it's much needed hey if you want to avoid the preparation age too Really get off the rails here. Invest in a bidet. It'll it'll change your life. You'll thank me later. It's pretty much the best decision. My my wife, it's like the one home improvement suggestion I've made where she was like, wow, great job, Nick. You, I'm proud of you. You did something right. I don't do many things right. Um, I did recently take the stopper off of the sink because it was unclogged and the wife was having morning sickness. I thought she was going to puke every time she went to use the sink. So I did that without being told to do that, and I didn't break the sink like it. I was pretty proud of myself. It was a job well done. Mr. Handyman Roush, 
Um, how's how's the luck? It's holding up. We're getting uh, getting down the home stretch. We're nearly a month out. Um, when I go to the combine, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I might get a few. Uh, uh, might need uh, the, the grandparents over here to help a little bit more than normal. But uh, it's going I mean, well. It's all really an hour away. You know, something happens, you can get home in a hurry. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm more so just uh, being, you know, helping stuff around, daily stuff around the house. Uh, but it's going good. Uh, Taylor's the trooper. She's hanging in there. Uh, you know, Nick, this is like, honestly, the worst part, like the last month. Because it's just... Yeah. It's just... They're miserable. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you know, you just... They the host, just everyone, they just I think feel- everyone's miserable. You're just ready to... Yeah. Let's just get the show on the road kind of thing. But then at the same time, you're all, like you also want the show to get on the road, but you're a little nervous about the show getting on the road. It's just a little – you're just like, all right, let's 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 do this. Um, well, best of luck. Godspeed. Uh, hey, you got any waste management winners? Did you did you ride anybody this weekend? Uh, with everything going on, I didn't get a chance to really look at the lineup much. I did set one for the DFS – and Justin Thomas was my number one pick, so there you go. If, you, if you're looking for something, that, that's who I'm riding this week. But haven't really gotten into that yet, but once the majors start, we'll be locked in. And we'll get locked in for the players, too, here in play, about a month. I think the players is in a month. So. Golf i got some friends that are out there. That I'm Yeah, I, I've got a buddy out there this weekend, too. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, JT Poston though didn't do great today. Two over, not too, not 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 the yeah. They had start. a weird because they had that big delay, so um, they're yeah. probably going to be some yeah. guys overlapping, and they might have to play red double up here on Friday or Saturday. So I just want to one time make make that run, or also just fall like start a domino, you know? Because I saw all those people running today. At the gate, and I just thought, how is nobody tripping and falling? And there's just like a pile of bodies in the middle of this. It's it's crazy. It's it's absolutely a wild wild scene. Uh, but hey, we need to get out of here. If something crazy happens with this offensive coordinator search, we'll be on here talking about it within an hour or two. So make sure you're subscribed to the KSR YouTube channel to make sure you get notifications every time we go live. And tomorrow we'll be back with our Super Bowl picks on pigskin preview for adam luckett i'm nick roush go cats and go kroger madness is here say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. 
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-420-47 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.